Welcome to The Sale Ring, a podcast dedicated to real estate brokers, agents, and America's top auctioneers that keep the markets moving. Join your hosts, Sean and Trina, as they talk with most successful realtors, marketing and technology experts, investors, and influencers. This show is devoted to all industry professionals looking to up their game and stay up to date. Welcome to The Sale Ring. So we got a great show. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we got the president, El Presidente, El Presidente mm -hmm. of United Country Real Estate. Yeah, in the podcast studio. Yes, we do live. Yeah, and and I'm excited to be here. It, we're really uh, happy to be a sponsor of this show. Yeah, well, yeah. we're happy and, to have a sponsor yeah. of this show. Thank you so much. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. for your donations, <laughs> <laughs> they go so far. <laughs> I mean, no, about it's, all it's, that you see here. It, it's a great show, and and I think you guys have, have cover like some really important topics. Yeah, yeah, a few, and, a few topics. Yeah, and we tend to make and goats it uh, and other things. <laughs> we tend to get a little off track, but <laughs> yeah. uh, but then we bring it back in the middle. Yes. Yeah, which, which can be a little dangerous with me because yeah. you guys yes. will have to reel me in. If you get off track, we're we're really in trouble. Yeah, this is you're the only train in the country that doesn't require tracks. You just need <laughs> his drives all over everything. A flying train. Maybe that's a. Let's think that about that. Could be that. a tagline. Let's ponder that. Yeah. Oh, you, you're talking train. about Mike Duffy, the flying train. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I got off in the weeds with that guy about several subjects. Yes, but today we'll try to keep it focused. Okay. We're going to keep it focused. Keep it well, on line. you're the president of the largest land sales company in America, history dating back to 1925, United Country Real Estate. So that's a a great segue to say that you have a you have a very good glimpse into what is currently happening and what has happened in the non-urban real estate sectors in this country, because you're the guy, right? Yep. Well, and you know, I'm, I, I represent a team that has been working in this industry, to your point, for close to 100 years now. So for 97 years, we've been focused in this, in this segment. Uh, we all have a real passion for rural real estate. And, uh, you know, it's, it's becoming more and more of a, of a popular segment that, that, more people want to participate in. Everybody wants rural real estate. Yeah. And we've just seen some incredible growth lately. Absolutely. Who doesn't want to own a farm? Yeah, or a, you know, or, a vacation you know, just, home. Yeah, a, exactly, any of that. A yeah, place in the country. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep, yeah. exactly. Well, we're in a unique position because obviously the clientele that are approaching us, they have that desire. Mm -hmm. That's right. So, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure in the industry out there, there are people i i have a daughter right now and it's like well what if you own some acres stuff i don't want to mow you know i just don't want to live <laughs> yeah. in a townhouse and she's thinking about a retirement home at 27 years old so uh, well, i'd like to have a patio home where somebody takes care of my grass let her me. have neighbors for a couple of years and she'll change her stance on that i agree <laughs> well and, agree. and you know you don't have to mow it especially like hunting properties etc you know you you can mow a, a a a part of the property that's less than an acre Mm -hmm. And let the let let the rest of it just stay in its natural state. That's yeah. the beauty of owning land. Put some you don't livestock. Even have to do that. Yeah, you can put livestock out there, or you can just let it sit. You know, let it sit as it is, and enjoy the land for what it is. 
Well, and this is probably a discussion for a different day, but there's some great federal programs for um, maintaining and strengthening just habitat. Mm -hmm. Yes. And the environment, you know, for bees, allowing, you know, bees to come in and to pollinate and and, uh, small rodents and animals to live, you know, and to have cover for areas out there. So, Well, I I I just try to get the small rodents off of the I was going to say small rodents. I don't know about that one. I'm telling you, I saw (laughs) a program the other day from, uh, um, it was a bulletin that came through the Farm Service, actually from the USDA office, and they're offering a significant amount of money if you want to take a portion of your property and turn it back into wildlife improvement habitat. Sure. Yeah. It's natural yeah. state. And they just, they, they said, listen, we're, we're just, as we build, look around, look what's going on around this office. Yeah. And yeah. within 10 miles of where we're sitting right now, they're clearing everything off. Yeah. And the deer have less and less area, you know, to, to live in. And, you know, we see deer out at our home office all the time, every night. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as, as development continues, there's less and less places for them to bed and to That's to exactly right. And yeah. if you look around the globe, it affects everything from an ant to an elephant, right? And it, mm-hmm. it all just, it, it keeps, because everything's on a food chain, yeah. most of that is on a food chain out there. And it's just, it's that, it's that trickle down effect, right. you yeah. know? Yep. Actually trickle up. You know, because you're starting small and you're displacing that, and it just it has its effects as sure with the, with the environment. Well, the main thing that we want to talk to you about on this show today is um, the non-urban marketplace, and we'll 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 call this land and lifestyle properties. We right. love that term, lifestyle properties. Mm-hmm. And not that you can't have a lifestyle downtown in Kansas City or Philadelphia or Dallas, but there's a different non-urban lifestyle that we cater to. That's right. And, and that land covers is a- everything from, from hunting, from hiking, uh, just enjoying being out in nature, being out, you know, in, on a piece of land, fishing, um, you know, so it's, it's ATVs, it's everything. So or just lands living a, in the country. Land's a big part of that, and then you can have improvements on there. Maybe it's a, a ski lodge in Colorado or a vineyard and winery that has, um, you know, some nice rolling hills, sand hills with grapevines going on them. But besides the facilities and the improvements on there, the basis of being able to facilitate that is land. That's right. It goes back to land. That is on fire. Right now, and I don't mean physically on fire. I mean the marketplace. <laughs> well, I mean is, in California and well, other places, maybe physically. On some fire. of it is physically on fire. There are yeah. some. Uh, I guess you'd refer to those as hot spots on <laughs> in the country, but but the market has just been on fire, and not just the first part of this year, not just last year, but even the previous year before that, it was a solid market. Yep. And what we really wanted to visit about today is uh, what's driving that. Well, you know, it's interesting because I saw a study once that they asked um, uh, uh, people that lived in urban America um, who would like to have at some point in their life a second home and or move to a smaller community and or recreation property, a vacation property, a lake home, that type of thing. And the number was over 70%. Yeah. So there is this natural desire that you were talking about, Trina, to own something in the country, to be able get to... Get away from it, yeah. That's get right. Get away from it all, yep. Exactly. 
So, you know, there is a natural desire, a natural demand that is out there in the marketplace. And it's been there for, you know, probably since, you know, the beginning of, of the foundations of America. It's hard. It's hard for anybody that walks out their back door and sees, you know, God's wide open spaces out there, and and not to want to have your own little piece of that. That's right. And they yeah. and you know, as Will Rogers said, they aren't making any more of it. They're not making any more of it. That's exactly right. So we see this market has transitioned. I guess the first thing I would throw out to you is in the last two years we've went through this COVID pandemic. Yep. And that has to have had a positive effect of on the non-urban markets because the first thing it did is it wanted to start separating people and and to get people out and away from each other just that you know from uh, the fear of being exposed yeah well and and for being around a lot of people being yeah. in a very dense densely populated market people you know really wanted open spaces they wanted space for, you know, to get away from the crowds and get away from, quite frankly, what in the early days of COVID, people just didn't know what it was. They just knew, hey, listen, I, I need to, you know, get out in some wide open space. I, I have a, even more of a desire. So as I mentioned early in the show, there was that natural desire anyway. And all COVID did was throw gasoline on Just the accelerated it. Exactly. Yeah. So that's had a very positive effect for your business. I'll call it, United Country. I know you're you're a humble guy as the president out here because, um, and, and, and I work for the company and Trina works for the company. We're representatives for 5,000 brokers, agents, auctioneers that kind of have that same passion, that same dream, you know, of, of helping people find their freedom. That's right. So, and and they live, they live, and most of them have grown up in those those markets. So you know they they have a natural you know love and passion for you know what we represent, which is non urban real estate and a good understanding. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. They they know how to walk a piece of land. I saw many years ago. I saw that tagline when I, I first got introduced to this company: um, national marketing, local expertise. And it says that wherever you're at in the country, if you want to move from Clarksville, Virginia to Enid, Oklahoma, this agent that grew up around Enid and understands, you know, um, if you want to farm, farming in a more sandier soil than you're used to in Virginia and, and the climate right. that we deal with and stuff. He has local knowledge and expertise that's going to help shepherd you into a nice investment. Right. Yeah. And it's critical too because you know like most of our clients come from urban America. Yeah. They come from big mm -hmm. cities. And there's a lot of differences out in rural America that you know you have to get educated on everything from hey where's the closest airport? Where's the nearest uh grocery store? What about hospitals, schools, that type of thing. So it's very very different all the way down to I mean you may not be on a a public a sewer system, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. So you, you may have to have septic tanks have that you've never system. dealt. You may not be on public water. You might not even have electricity that heads out to your properties. Most of them do, but, you know, you may have to consider, how am I going to get power out to this remote property? Mm -hmm. So not all of them are remote. Many of them are in just small cities and towns around America, just not urban America. And so all that's there, that infrastructure's there, electricity, water, um, et cetera. But many times, you know, you're going out into the country and 
that's not readily accessible. And so you have to think through, how do I get power out to my property? So if we go back to 2020 and leading into 2021, uh, the COVID virus we talked about, do you think that that was not only an accelerant, but people, consumers have a tendency to be impulse buyers. Right. And do you think it's kind of increased? It's, It's made, it maybe gave them a little bit more motivation, even if they were a little nervous about buying something in rural America, because of those factors you just described, uh, they took that leap anyways because yes. they were more they were more fearful of dying you have catching a, a disease you know that's going around and they're seeing what they're seeing in mainstream media and it's like I got to get out of here I, I've got to get out away from everybody or this could be my demise well and and not only that you know it's interesting because a lot of people there wasn't a lot to do in urban America at that time yeah. you know uh, companies didn't want their employees coming into the office. Employees didn't want to come into the office. Restaurants were not open in the very beginnings of this thing. If we all remember that Mm -hmm. health clubs had closed. Um, So there was everything that was attractive about living, living in urban America um, dissipated, you know, it just wasn't there. And I, we've, I've talked to a lot of people about this recently where um, people all at once started spending more time with their families. Their kids weren't at school. Mm-hmm. And they realized, wow, this is really great. You know, I kind of lost touch with the fact that it's great to spend time with my family. And then, you know, you add to that, wow, we could go out to the country and go fishing, canoeing, hiking, horseback riding, you know, skiing. There's so many things to do in the con- country um, that you can't get in cities. And, you know, I think the camping industry has just exploded. The hunting industry has You can't has find a camp spot still to this day to, find, to save your life, folks. Yeah, so people are really, it's kind of a rebirth of how great it is to spend time in the country. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they started realizing that, and they were, again, with their families, and they said, hey, let's not just sit around in our house. Let's go out and, you know, enjoy the, the beauty that is rural America. I mean, cause it's, you know, like you said, you look at the, the, uh, the properties out in rural America and the places out in rural America, when you get off, I always say, when you get off the interstate, some of the most beautiful places in the world are, you know, two or three miles off the interstate. No one ever takes the time to do that. Well, they are now and, um, they're appreciating it and they want a piece of that themselves. So, you know, back in, um, Probably about 2009, we started really seeing a lot of a lot more growth, interest, and demand for rural properties and country living, small town living. So it started a long time ago. You know, it started back in 2009, and we saw significant growth year after year. But boy, when it came to, no one predicted what would happen in 2020. Yeah, I mean, our business absolutely exploded. We were seeing growth rates. In a lot of the different property types of, you know, over 40, 50%. And after we got through 2020, we thought that's probably going to normalize and slow down a little bit. But instead, again, in 2021, it accelerated. So we saw another huge year of 40, 50% growth, which you can't expect when you're working in a company that's been doing this for 97 years. I mean, when you get growth of 5%, 10%, that's a very, you know, that's a very strong year. 
But now we were seeing growth rates in, you know, 40%, 30%, 50%, in some categories, 100%. And so when I'm talking about categories, I'm just talking about there's a lot of different property types in the country. Yeah, different market segments. Yeah. Yep. So what do you think, If and not to put you on the spot, but if you go back to 2009, and we were already seeing lift in the non-urban markets, and this is well ahead of COVID and, and some of the things that, that may have accelerated, you know. Uh, what do you think was driving it back then? You know, I think it gets back to what I was saying, how we started this segment, which is just there is a, there is a strong interest um, by three-quarters of the United States in, you know, country properties, in lake homes, in river homes, fishing, hunting, lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And that's why we call it lifestyle real estate. So, you know, as uh, consumers were getting in a spot and um, GDP was growing, people's wealth was increasing, um, you just saw more and more people being able to take advantage of that and go out and buy second homes, move to the country, that type of thing. With the advent of technology back in those days, now you were starting to get high-speed internet out in the country. Today, that's only uh, even perfected itself more. And so it enables you to move out to the country and still have all of the, you know, the the services that you need to enjoy your the life. comforts of home, yeah. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. from television to internet access, et cetera. And now that was all becoming available. So it was, it was technology back in the day that was pushing a lot of that. And just, you know, uh, the wealth of, of Americans, you know, was increasing. And so it was giving them the ability to make those moves. And then you add to that um, the willingness and ability of people to commute, you mm-hmm. know, from outside of urban markets and still work in the city but live, you know, anywhere from 30 miles, 40 miles outside of the city. And people were willing to make that commute because of the lifestyle it, it enabled their family to have. Everything you're saying makes perfect sense. Folks, we've got Mike Duffy, president of United Country Real Estate in the studio with us. We're going to slip away. We're going to hear from our sponsors. We'll be back in just a few more minutes. And we're going to ask Mike about the different markets that may be hotter than others and what uh, what he forecasts is going to happen in the future. We'll see you in a few minutes. Ever dream of owning a country estate, historic home, or lakefront property? Log on to unitedcountry.com. Would you like to retire to a home built on breathtaking acreage in the mountains? Unitedcountry.com. Ever dream of your own private hunting preserve? unitedcountry.com. Over 30,000 farm, recreational, and lifestyle properties are just a click away, helping people find their American dream for over 90 years. We will help you find yours. Log on now to unitedcountry.com and find your freedom. Thinking about selling a real estate investment, but worried about the taxes you'll have to pay? Property owners just like you have solved their tax issue with a Starker Services 1031 exchange. One call could save you a fortune in taxes. Call Starker Services today at 800-332-1031 or visit online at www.starker.com and keep the tax dollars working for you. 
Are you looking for heavy equipment but unsure where to start? Then you need to check out auctiontime.com. Buying great equipment has never been easier than bidding online at auctiontime.com. What are you waiting for? Online auctions are closing every Wednesday. So register and start bidding today. Auctiontime.com. The way to buy heavy equipment. Crude oil, natural gas, coal. Buying and selling minerals is a breeze when you have the right energy professionals on your team. Mineralmarketing.com is a leading resource for America's mineral owners. Whether you're wanting to lease or sell your mineral rights, Mineral Marketing has you covered. Mineralmarketing.com, the oil and gas marketplace. And we're back in the studio with Mike Duffy. Mike's president of United Country Real Estate, and we've been talking about non-urban lifestyle real estate sectors, why that market has been so hot. And Mike says it started back in 2009. They started seeing um, a, a significant amount of, of uh, an increase in traffic and consumers that are um, looking for that, that American dream, that, that landowner dream. We saw an influence in that in 2020. And uh, 2021, I, I think a lot of that could be contributed to the, the pandemic and just, you know, we're very reactionary. Uh, I think the whole world is, but I, we could speak for the United States as we, we tend to have, um, you know, to be very reactionary towards what is being marketed or, or told to us. Um, and that had a positive influence on our business. So uh, congratulations for setting in that market. But here's the big question. Are there specific markets? So when we talk about SPGs, and we've, we've had that conversation on the show before where you verticalized 40 different markets, uh, country homes, farms, ranches, even down to poultry farms or maybe hog farms. Are there some of those market segments that appear to be a lot hotter or in more demand than others? Well, you know, kind of two answers to that question one is in just sheer size um the bigger segments of the market are some of those that you mentioned which are you know vacation homes second homes huge and and have really seen tremendous growth during all this but um we've always been very very strong in ranches farms etc and we're seeing you know increased growth there everything from hobby farms where someone just wants, you know, a few acres and goats, small goats. goats. Yeah, a small amount of, of livestock, <laughs> chickens, you know. I mean, people are into that. Yeah. And, you know, there's this whole push to, you know, be more self-sustaining, et cetera. Um, you can, you know, so as you look at it, if you're talking about sheer size, it really is um, recreational property, farms, ranches. Country homes have always been mostly what we sell mm -hmm. that is the majority of our business and that underscores the fact that you know people want a bigger piece of land you know whether that be five acres or 10 acres that's awesome and then you look at really large pieces of land um, in recreational property again they can start as small as 20 40 acres but they can you know just recently uh, we had a ranch that one of our brokers sold that was 270,000 acres. Wow. So, that's a big ranch. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a big one. That's about a quarter of the size of Connecticut in a single ranch. So, <laughs> And do you sell those probably four or five of those a year? Is that? Yeah, the, the bigger ones like that, not that big, 
but you'll sell some very large ranches like that that are, you know, 50,000 acres and up. You know, you'll sell anywhere from five to 10 of those a year. Wow. But, wow. you know, the vast majority of what people are looking for out there is 40 acres, mm-hmm. sure, 20 acres. You know, that's what the average, cons- you know, buyer of, of these types of properties is looking for. And I'm sure it's, you know, it's all scalable for different areas. So there's different parts of the country where smaller farms are more conducive to that, um, that region right. or that area. And then, like, as far the farther you go west, you start to see land size as the average farm, the size increases yeah. because the productivity levels go down. That's right. And, and you know, it's interesting you say that because, like, for instance, we have offices up in Montana, and to them, a 1,000 acres is just a backyard. It's a hobby farm. It, it yeah. not, it's not – I don't even think they consider it that. It's just a big yard, you know. And <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, it is crazy. You know, so you're out there. You're talking about, you know, smaller ranches at, you know, 10,000, 5,000 acres – and you're looking at a lot of ranches out there that are 40, 50,000 acres because of what you say. You know, they, they aren't as productive. There's not as much grass as on them as you can come to Missouri, for instance, and get a 40-acre cattle ranch. Mm-hmm. And that can be productive for you, and that would work fine. Um, 40 acres in Montana, I don't even think you can run a single cow on it. You know, so... You don't have to go that far either. So we're, we're sitting in Missouri right now and the stocking rates on for grass to carry a cow and to be able to support that is two to three acres in this area. Every two or three acres, you can put a cow. So if you had 10 acres on that 10 acres, you could put three to four cows on that, depending on how good the grass is quality. <clears throat> I'm from western Oklahoma, which is only five hours west of here. Um, the stocking rates there are 10 to 12 acres per cow. Mm. So it went from 2 to 3 to 10 to 12. If you go on farther west another five hours, West Texas, just into New Mexico, um, it could be 30 to 40 acres per cow. Right. Because yeah. the quality of the grass content, the amount of rainfall or moisture that they get, and just the, soil the, the overall forage out there, there's just not enough to sustain um, that the nutritional value is not there for cattle. So that's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. So they get bigger as you move out West. Yes, sir. No doubt. Sure. But again, you know, you got to keep in mind the vast majority of what we see in our marketplace, uh, in, in rural, when people are looking at rural real estate, uh, the vast majority of units that are selling are not those giant ranches, you know, I mean, it's weekend homes that people want five to 10 acres. You know, that is really where you see the volume of, of properties that are being bought and sold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so it's about lake homes. It's about having a place on the river. It's about having a mountain cabin. It's the getaway properties. It's the getaway yeah. properties. Or it's somebody saying, hey, look, I'm ready to retire. Yep. I want to move to either my old hometown that I was born in. I want to go back to that lifestyle, kind of a more peaceful, you know, calm lifestyle, very cool communities um and or they're saying hey i've always wanted to uh, live in the country and this is my opportunity because i'm retiring mm-hmm. so they're moving to smaller cities smaller towns and enjoying kind of a, that change of 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 pace and yeah yeah you know getting away from the crowds and the traffic etc more peaceful lifestyle 
You're listening to the Sale Ring Podcast, taking real estate and auction to the next level. So I want to ask you a question about commercial property, but I want it to be specifically in that non-urban sector. Uh, and what we've witnessed in some of the cities across the United States, and, and I see it here in Kansas City, um, and COVID had this effect on it. It started showing a lot of um, a lot of the workers where they employees weren't coming into the office, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden, I mean, you saw what happened to Zoom and Zoom stock, and we would have been genius to buy stock in Zoom <laughs> pre-COVID, right? I mean, that that would have been a good move. So, but they're it's learning they're learning to model their businesses differently work remote work from home we see a lot of commercial buildings setting idle or empty downtown in in these metropolitan cities or urban markets when you go out to the non-urban markets have you seen the same things you know out there 60 miles 100 miles out from the cities is there a lot of vacancy in the commercial sector you know not nearly to the degree that you see in urban america and, and you know there's not as much inventory uh, what we, our side of commercials, we're, we're probably the largest real estate company focused on what we call the mid-market commercial. Yeah. So um, most, all, all the bigger commercial real estate firms are focused in ur- urban America. Mm-hmm. You know, we do commercial real estate and the commercial real estate's different out in rural America and small cities, small towns. You know, you're talking about small retail commercial Still multifamily, but smaller in scale. Mm-hmm. Gas state, you know, convenience stores, grocery stores, bowling alleys, those types of things that you find in small town America, small cities. You know, so it's a different type of commercial real estate. That said, there are large operations, too, that uh, move out into the country for, you know, the fact that in rural America in general, overall, Prices are about 30% um, less than what you're going to see in urban America. So there's some huge financial advantages if you can locate your company out in rural America. You know, you you can just save an enormous amount of money. Housing for your employees is 30% cheaper, cost of living. So, you know, there's there's an economic benefit when you're talking about commercial real estate in the mid-market for locating your company out there and or you know, just starting a business in a small town and, you know, enjoying that lifestyle. Yeah. Well, I kind of suspected that was going to be the response. I I also, uh, coming from a very small market myself, uh, those people have a tendency to not be quite as reactionary to media hype or, and not that the pandemic wasn't important, you know, I, I'm, I'm definitely not trying to say that. I'm just trying to say that they're, um, they're a little bit more resilient to, I still have to go to work today and yeah. we have to get our job done. And yet, yeah, we've uh, always seen less volatility, volatility in our markets. That's than a great America. way. That's a great way to say it. Yeah. I yeah. mean, things are more stable out there. They don't change as rapidly. They don't tra- change as, dram- as dramatically as you'll see in an urban market. So, you know, there's a lot of stability in those markets and, you know, it's, it's another thing that's very attractive about, rural real estate or country real estate um, is there is a lot more stability, less volatility in those markets. Although uh, over the last two years, there's such an incredible, incredible demand Mm -hmm. that like urban America, uh, there's not a lot for sale 
Yeah. When, when things come up for sale, our days on market uh, in, in the country, sometimes, it, depending on the property, could be, you know, very average 60 to 180 days on a giant property, a unique property. It could be a year. It could, mm-hmm. be, it could be multiple years. Sure. You just don't, you aren't seeing that right now. Anything that's listed is being sold rapidly. Yeah, they've, yeah. they've switched it to hours on market. Yeah, hours on market, <laughs> yeah. you know, or, Hours considering putting it on the market. Yeah, you know it's it's crazy, and you know. Well, the, the other thing that's going on right now is that the demand is so high. There's so much pent up demand. We've had realtors that have told us um, they're more worried about pre listing right um, conversations that the word leaks out they're getting ready to sell. And they've went comes, yeah. they've went out to listing presentation. They said, "Oh, I, I've already promised it to my neighbor. He he heard I was going to sell it and came in and just said he'll give us what we want." Yeah. So, you I mean, mum's the word right now. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and that said, it's still mind-boggling when you look at like a home here in in downtown Kansas City, you know, what you would have to spend 300, 400,000 dollars on here, you can get 10 times the land in the exact same quality size of home in the country for half the price absolutely i mean so even though the demand is high you still see these tremendous values and what you can get out in rural america and in country out in the country you just have to be quick you got to be quick you got to be quick and you have to have a willingness to to drive and and to relocate and you know you you have to have some desire for that urban lifestyle or the non-urban the rural lifestyle that's right you know or be willing to say hey look as long as i'm within you know 45 minutes 40 minutes an hour of a major metro i'm good yeah yeah you know i guess that gets to your point of you know you just got to be willing to Longer drive, yeah. mm-hmm. there's there's benefits to it. Yeah. You've been gracious with your time. I know you yeah. said that uh, you had a meeting in about 30 minutes. Before you get out of here, though, I got one more question. You had told us early on that uh, Q1 looks pretty good compared to 2020 and the year 2021. So far, you've gotten past the three first uh, months of 2022. Things are still trucking along? It, it's, an, it's really um, – it, it's – hard to explain the demand and what is driving this market to the degree that it's driving it. You know, so 2020 was a record year for us. And in our 100-year, you know, 97-year history, it was a record year, and it was off the charts. So we predicted kind of a normal or more normal, normalized market in 21. Uh, But instead, once again, we saw this 30% growth. Crazy. Mm -hmm. So this year, <laughs> maybe we're being too conservative. We said, hey, listen, you know, it's probably, it's going to normalize. Interest mm-hmm. rates are starting to move for the first time in four years. You know, so we're going to see the market, you know, normalizing, cooling off a little bit. But instead, Q1 has been equally, you know, we, we just picked up on that momentum from 20 and 21, and it's continuing to roll out there. So, yeah, our first quarter has been amazing. Let me throw out an idea and tell me what your response is to this. The Fed has already, unless I'm missing a count, they've already raised the interest rate twice, mm-hmm. 250 basis points. That's a quarter of a percent. So twice, it's went up a half a percent so far. Do you think that that could be having um, an effect on creating a sense of urgency and a sense of we need to get this on the market and we need to get this bought before the before interest the rates, rates go up, up to mm-hmm. seven, eight percent. 
because yeah. you you can still borrow at an affordable rate right now, but the, I think the the prognosis is they're going to continue to raise that interest rate to try to cool this economy. Yeah, and listen, the long term um, average interest rate for let's say a home mortgage is seven percent. Mm-hmm. So this generation, these last couple of years, I think we've all been spoiled, and we're sitting there looking at you know two and a half, three percent mm-hmm. interest rates. And people are like, wow, it's all the way up to four, you know, four and a quarter, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, boy, you should have bought a place back in the early nineties. You yeah. know, um, we used to think 8% was awesome. You know, we would be slapping high five. Exactly. So, but I do think that is driving the market right now is an anticipation, you know, the, they've already announced. Yeah. It's the anticipation. Gonna, yeah. And to cool inflation, they're going to continue to raise interest rates. So people are trying to get in front of that because where do you want your mortgage payment going? Where do you want your loan payment going to interest or principal? Yeah. You know? And so people are saying, Hey, look, I can afford a lot more now because my interest payments are low, even at four, you know, where the interest rates are today. As long as, you know, even at five, six percent, which it likely will migrate to towards the end of the year. So I do think that's a part of it is smart, smart investors, people that are thinking about, hey, I really want to buy some place in the country. I want to move to the country. I want a second home. I want a hunting property. They're saying I'm going to move now to take advantage of these historically low interest rates. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Yep. Stay in front of it. Yep. Because I see what's coming. And quite frankly, move my money into hard asset that is somewhat much more inflation proof. Yeah. You know, and so it's inflation resilient and and it's a great place to move it. Plus, I also believe, you know, you look at what's gone on in the stock market for the last, you know, four or five years and I'm tremendous growth. I want to say it's over 30 percent. So a lot of people have have made a lot of money if you have, you know, a 401k plan or something in the market. And you're like, wow, I've got a lot of value in there. I wouldn't mind diversifying a little bit Mm -hmm. and getting something I can hunt on or something I can go out and enjoy over the weekend. So I'm not going to look so much at continuing to invest in the market. I might go out and get a piece of real estate that I've always been dreaming of. And this is the right time to do that. So, you know, I think it's, it's a smart time to both be selling because prices are strong. It's a good time to be buying because they're still reasonable in our markets, right? That's right. And that's so right. it's, it's the market, that's why it's so healthy right now, is it's a good time to buy. It's a good time to sell. And uh, I think you're going to see that, you know, throughout. We've seen the strong Q1. We already know what that did. Uh, but as we look out another 6 to 12 months, you know, we see that continuing. Um, but I do think you'll see a softening of the market in direct relation to increasing interest rates. Yeah. And there, and listen, there's a lot driving this market. We're going to be, I'd, I'd like to come back and with you guys and talk to you about what is driving this market. Mm-hmm. As we've sat and studied the market, there's, we've already identified 17 different drivers of this market that have all aligned in a positive fashion uh, for rural real estate, country real estate, non-urban real estate. And you don't see a lot of those changing. The only one that is changing to the negative is interest rates. Mm -hmm. And that hasn't moved much yet. Probably, you know, will continue to move as we discussed over the next 12 months, but not in a dramatic way. So you aren't going to be seeing any kind of crazy shifts there. It'll It'll be slow. But there's 17 other factors that continue to strengthen 
that are driving this market. And I'd love to come back to you guys later and, and kind of go over what some of those are. You know, some of those are very obscure, those, those things. I, I would love to have that conversation. We were talking uh, back home with uh, a farmer that we had helped years ago lease his minerals, and he had drilled. I don't know if you have been watching the oil and gas markets over the last six months, but, you know, oil toppled over $100 a barrel and stuff. Guess who gets to reap some of the reward from yeah. that? Yeah. Our farmers that are setting out here with pump jacks setting on their property in the last three years or more, they haven't gotten very large checks off of those. But now they're starting to get $40,000 checks and $60,000 checks in the mail. And they'll likely yeah. turn that into more farmland mm-hmm. and or recreational property and it's, or a new home. Historically, the three things that we bank on in that part of the country for farmers, and, and this is almost a sickness whenever you get into farming, it just gets in your bloodstream. They're either going to buy more land, they need to expand their farming operation, they're going to update their equipment, or they're going to buy livestock. If they're a cattle producer, they're going to increase their herd size. Those three things are almost a constant in that in that arena. I thought you were going to say a new truck. I, well, equipment. That's, that's equipment. Equipment, equipment okay. <laughs> They'll treat that truck worse than they do their tractor. Yeah, but I thought you were going to be yeah. very specific because every year, Sean, you seem to have a new truck. And I thought that just was a cultural You're thing from Oklahoma. You're on three-year plan, aren't you? I have, those yes. lease payments are going to catch up with me one of these days. <laughs> How do you owe $200,000 on a $60,000 truck? I was like, well... Uh, take some time. I'm on the lamb. Last question. It's crystal ball time, you know, um, like crystal gale, but crystal ball time. Uh, the next three to five years. And I, and I know that that's just, you know, like we got to get through this year. Yes. Uh-huh. And if I heard you right for 2022, your anticipation is because interest rates have not hit the roof. They're starting to trickle up a little bit, but it's going to take months to do that. There's anticipation. There's still built up demand. There's still a shortage of inventory. 2022 is going to be a pretty good year in the real estate business is your prognosis yes. right now. Yeah, yeah. we're yeah. looking at, at 22. The next six to 12 months are going to be, you know, very strong. What about the next three to five years, you know, two to five years, somewhere in there? What what do you think, um, just with everything that's going on on the planet right now with um, Ukraine and, and Russia and, you know, and nobody has that crystal ball, but what... What's your estimation of where the non-urban land and lifestyle markets are going to sit three to five years from now? You know, we are remaining bullish, you know, and uh, it took me forever to figure out, is that a good thing or a bad thing? You know, bullish. It's the bull on Wall Street. It's a bull with a bear. Raising his head. The bear comes down on you, the bull raises his, his horns <laughs> at the wrong time. Okay. So it's a good thing, right? Um, it, we, so we're bullish on, on the market, and the re... The way we came to that conclusion, we didn't just wish it, you know, and say, wow, it'd be great if this market stayed strong. I think there's been a cultural shift. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a trend. It's yeah. a cultural shift that's taken place, and it's not going to, it's permanent. Everybody uh, got, got a taste of it, and they want to keep that taste in their mouth. So Yeah, yeah and, and people are, well, and that gets to, as we studied the market, and I mentioned earlier, you know, we saw 17 different drivers that are driving this you know, extraordinary, unprecedented demand for non-urban real estate. And uh, again, we don't see any of that slowing down. I'll give you one example, right? Because we don't have time to go into all this. But one example is the fact that people can work remotely now. Mm -hmm. That enables you to, quote unquote, work where you like. And would you rather sit on your back balcony in the morning drinking coffee overlooking a lake 
out in the country on your 10 acres or 20 acres, you know, or would you rather jump up and, you know, get up in the city and walk down to the coffee shop, stand in line, uh, get to work five minutes late and start your stress, you mm-hmm. know? So that, that shift is real and it, and it's not going anywhere, you know? So, and I could keep going on that, but I think that there is a real cultural shift for people saying, Hey, I have always dreamed about owning a place in the country and I can do that now. Mm-hmm. I can work remotely. I have the high speed internet that I need to do that. Yeah. Um, I can travel easily and, uh, and quite frankly, it's a lot less expensive. Cost of living mm-hmm. is, as I mentioned, you know, on average 30% lower. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that have, oh, people have had a rebirth to how great it is to live outside of cities. Couldn't agree more. Yep. Uh, this was a great segment, too. I think that's a, that's a wonderful glimpse into the last three years um, actually dating back to, what, 2009 when you first started, saw the uptick. But there's been some interesting things happen in the last couple of years that accelerated urbanites moving into non-urban America. Uh, United Country is perfectly positioned for the markets that uh, and the trends that are taking place in those markets right now. Uh, you're a good captain. You're doing a good job of steering the ship. I think that's wonderful insight. And Mike, we can't thank you enough for being in the studio with us. Well, and I, I thank you guys for giving me the time. It's been, you know, fun talking with you. And, and I hope to get another invitation back in the yeah. future. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll definitely have you back in. The uh, the drivers of the market, I, I think that would be a wonderful show, and it's going to be a lot of insight. So stay tuned. we got another show coming up with Mike here in the very near future. We're going to talk about things that are influencing this market specifically And uh, if you know what those are, maybe there's a way you can take advantage of them. Ladies and gentlemen, that's it for this episode. Thank you for joining us for today's show. To access all resources and links mentioned in today's show, head over to www.thesalering.com now. We appreciate your feedback and encourage you to share the show with other industry pros like yourself. Join us next time as we meet you inside The Sale Ring.